Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Tamara Thorne. Um, you can learn more about what we do at our website, alistaircross.com and tamarathorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thorneandcross.wordpress.com. If you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at Tamara Thorne. Uh, you can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram at, at thorneandcross or at official underscore Alistair Cross. Uh, for more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, that said, we would like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. And uh, tonight we are joined by our friend and our uh, sometimes co-host, Q.L. Pierce. Uh, Q is uh, the multi-award winning author of Scary Stories for Sleepovers and over 150 other books for middle grade and young adult readers. Her latest, which is called Spine Chillers, is available now in ebook and paperback at Amazon. Uh, tonight, we are going to uh, be, Tamara and I are going to be uh, interviewed by Q regarding our latest release, which comes out tomorrow. But enough about that. Uh, welcome aboard, Q. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to uh, get some insight into uh, the Ravencraft saga exorcism. Because I I adore this series, and uh, that this one did keep me up at night. It really did. So, um, <laughs> I, oh, you're very you kind. <laughs> I got a, a bunch of questions because I really want to dig into some of the things that really, really I thought were particularly interesting. So, the the first one is the, this book takes place in the present but it paints a really clear picture of Ravencrest during the 20s. Now, what inspired you to feature that time frame? Mm, I like the music. <laughs> um, and there's, there's also uh, the, the whole era. I grew up loving that era. And, and uh, also when I was a kid, my mom would take me to uh, Hearst Castle on, on our way up to San Francisco to see my grandmother and I loved going in that place in the indoor pool and I always wanted to write about the indoor pool so you'll always find the indoor pool at Ravencrest and this one uh, this episode features the indoor pool and it looks a lot like the one at Hearst Castle but predates it oh wow okay so and now isn't there a, um, a a background like a Greek or Roman element to the pool yeah, the um, the we call it the Greek pool, and uh, okay. the Hearst Castle has a Roman pool, so we just sort of switched them around, and ours is a little <laughs> different. Okay. But it's creepy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, ours is yeah, way creepy. The house, <laughs> oh, yeah. The house itself is clearly a character. I mean, you can just see it, you know, when you're reading. Are there any other famous real or literary or historical homes that you drew upon to build Ravencrest? Oh, of course, there's, you know, Hill House and Hell House. 
um, we we both really uh, kind of teethed on you know old gothics and uh, you know mm-hmm. the the spooky house thing and uh, I think that even if we uh, didn't mean to you know our our you know house or you know the mansion would be a, a kind of a character because you know and I think that's important I think setting is is uh, as much and sometimes, you know, and in this case, you know, very much, you know, as much a character as, as you know, the, the, the uh-huh. people. But, yeah, I would say, you know, all kinds of stuff. We, we you know, we both, you know, even, even Winchester House. I mean, we just, we both love haunted houses, right? And so we just kind of draw yeah. from everywhere. Yeah, boy, did we draw on Winchester for our next solo. But the one that I really think of is the real house that the original Dark Shadows series used as the backdrop. Uh, uh-huh. And the carriage house that Grant and Riley, that's the head butler and so much more, and his husband live in is well, the carriage house. And it's identical to the one that my husband and I got to stay in in Rhode Island by the Newport Mansions that belonged to the um, Cary Mansion. That's the name of the real Dark Shadows house. And ah. uh, so they live in it. And for me, that was the big one and, and seeing all the mansions in Rhode Island and all that helped a lot. Yeah, that's, that's and we can um, Ra- Ravencrest, the mansion itself, was brought over stone by stone from um, mm-hmm. the British Isles. But how about the carriage house? Was that an addition, or did that come over also? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, <laughs> I think it's yeah. probably new. I we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Uh-huh. We'll have to find well, out if it has central now. air, then we'll know. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, exactly. Does it have central air? Yeah, I don't know. In my mind, I, I guess it's probably it's probably new. I don't know. Maybe not, though. Yeah. Whatever it is, it does find. match Ravencrest. It, it, it's a stone mansion. It, it's a stone house, two okay. stories, and yeah. sort of English style. Yeah. Now, in, um, <laughs> in, in Exorcism, the demon Fornius is, is very creepy, and that's, that's – uh, he has residence in the pool, or at least in the beginning. Um, is it based? Is that demon based on something mythological or biblical, or just completely um, invented? It's it's biblical. I don't know exactly how biblical it is, but um, he's a grand marquis of hell, and he has twenty nine legions of demons <laughs> under his rule, and and he's good at influencing people. And about that's about all we could find out about him. So mostly we picked his name because we like the name Fornius. It sounds kind of dirty and it makes us giggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Alistair? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It if it's, if it's, yeah, yeah. For some reason we, we just, we like the sound of it. So we you yeah, know, that's kind of how Fornius. we. That's pretty much how we do things. We like the sound of it, and we 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 just kind of run with it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I can testify to that. I know that's true about you. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this book, Cordelia, everybody's favorite witch, is uh, busy dreaming up ways to murder the pastels. Now, in the the last book, the pastels was a little group of wannabe witches. Um, how did you decide on each grisly scenario how she was getting rid of them? You know, we I think we just kind of wanted it to be, um, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, creative, and to be honest, the most uh, as disgusting as we could. You know, we we, yeah. we 
we reached a point with the pastels. We had fun with them, and you know we do we do plot our books to to an extent, but we also uh, leave open a lot of room for uh, you know just freedom to explore. And and the, the pastels kind of uh, served their purpose. And we thought, what else is there to do with these guys? And the answer was nothing. So. <laughs> Let's get rid of them. So naturally, naturally, we're like, okay, yeah. let's do it as uh, let's be as nasty about it as possible, which we really enjoy. That's, yeah, that's what we love to do. So it really, there was no real method to it other than what's the most disgusting thing we can do next. <laughs> well, I'm not yeah. going to give anything away, but there was one in particular where when I read it, I just went out loud, "Oh my God!" I can't <laughs> good, that. good. <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah. That makes me yeah, very happy. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. stomach creeping. <laughs> it's as good. far it's, as the yeah. paranormal. Yeah. As far as the paranormal, yeah, we, we, um, there's some really powerful characters in Ravencraft. Now, Belinda is always evolving and changing, but aside from Belinda, who do you think, in your opinion, each of you, in your opinion, is the most impressive in this book? I like Henry Manning. Uh, he's he's the ghost of the book. He's from the 1920s, 30s, and he is the most despicable Manning ever born. The Mannings are who own the Ravencrest Mansion, and he has this thing he does where he opens his eyes really wide so you can see the whites all the way around the iris, and he just creeps me out. There's nothing this guy won't do. And he's my favorite. What about you, okay. Alistair? I would I would probably go with his wife, uh, you know, uh, Violet LeBlanc, aka the White Violet. Uh, she was a, mm-hmm. a an actress during the uh, silent film era who had a beautiful singing voice, but she she stuttered. She had a stutter when she spoke. So when the talkies came uh, into being, she her career suffered, and she. Um, yeah, she she suffered in a lot of ways. She suffered mainly oh, yeah. too at the hands of of Henry. And uh, yeah. I think she's she's fascinating. She's she's eerie, but she's also really she's a, she's a good guy. And uh, I like she, that. She's she's probably my favorite because she's she's kind of the uh, to be honest that I think that the catalyst that kind of made us really want to do. Yeah. Uh, something set in the 1920s. We we love the flapper era. We love the, the the style. We love the music, and I think we created mm-hmm. her, and the story yeah. kind of you know moved around her because we liked her so much. So uh, I'd, I'd go it, with her. Yeah. yeah, we came up with her at the end of the last book, just as a throwaway ghost, uh, a, a ghost in a maid's uniform, and we liked her so well, we made up stories about her, and it became the next book, this one. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's amazing when that's yeah, and, you know, that's, 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 that's yeah. frequently that's frequently how it goes. We have you know it, this is the this is the thing that I love about Ravencrest, and I think we both do. I think I can speak for both of us. Um, it, the possibilities mm-hmm. are endless because you know the rule is you know the curse of Ravencrest dictates that if you die on the Ravencrest grounds, you you your spirit mm-hmm. can never leave Ravencrest. And as you stated, they've, you know, this has been moved from, from, you know, England, you know, 
centuries ago. Mm-hmm. So this has been going on for a long time. So there are a lot of ghosts there. So I think the thing that I mm-hmm. love about this series probably more than anything else is is that that sense of possibility because we have dozens of potential ghosts you know just in the wings that we've never mentioned yet that we haven't brought in that we talk about and and you know if 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 we really like the idea of this one we start exploring it we start talking about it and then it starts working its way into the story you know and of course then there are the ones that it's eh, not so much and we just kind of you know skip over those and forget about them but i'd say we have an easy well over a dozen actually just kind of waiting for their their time to shine and i love that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I noticed in um, in the three books that the certain parts of the house are featured, like the, the West Wing or the um, here the pool house, and you know, and it it uh, changes around. So I guess with a house with I don't know how many rooms there is in that one, there's you know we don't either. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, so music is another thing that plays a huge role, almost like the character in the novel. Was there a particular reason you chose the songs that you included? They fit. Um, yeah, they fit. They set very, the tone. Yeah. There's some that are kind of eerie, and we thought that they would just yeah. sound nice. I mean, if you listen to some of those 1920s, you know, that Sailing on a Sunbeam, for example, it's you know eerie mm-hmm. and that that fits really really well with the with the you know ghostly parties in the pool and then you've got you know let's misbehave you know it's kind of teasy yeah. and sexy uh-huh. for, for stuff between Eric and, and Melinda yeah it's just yeah you button up your overcoat and that which is cute and then you belong to me which takes yeah. on a whole new meaning here. Uh-huh. stuff like that Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, creepy. <laughs> now I I have a spot in the book. I've already talked about it that makes me cringe. Is there any event in the book that makes the two of you really cringe? It's one of the pastel deaths, and I happen to know it's the same one as you. You yeah. commented on. It involves See, and, a and, a sundial, yeah. a large sundial. Yeah. That's all we say. <laughs> And for me, and for me, um, that one, yeah, it's nasty. But the one, yeah, yeah, we can't really give any spoilers. But the one in the garden, we 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 wrote. Oh a little, my god! Yeah, we wrote a little spell for it, and that that spell, yeah. I, oh. I get to do those. Those are those are super fun because you can be. <laughs> I like to rhyme, so, <laughs> so yeah, a lot of fun with that. And then and then yeah, that was hilarious. But then when yeah. when what happened actually happened, I thought. That's absolutely horrific. So, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. It involves yeah. insects. We can say that. It involves um, insects. Yeah, the one with the insects nightmarish. is the one that makes my skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's so wild is that they're, in a way, the comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, they are. Actually. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be that nasty, you almost need to, you know, inject a little bit of humor. Otherwise, it's just yeah. too much. Too nasty. Yeah. 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 You got to laugh at these things. Yeah. Although it's pretty hard to laugh at those two scenes. Yeah. You laugh in horror. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, one, one of my characters. Uh, one of the characters that I really, really like in, in Exorcism is um, Father Antonio, and he's a critical character 
and he's mm-hmm. immediately supportive of Belinda and Grant. He doesn't question them. He's he really supports um, their goal. And is um, is there a history of clerics associated with Ravencrest? And might we get a glimpse of that history uh, in any future novels? I don't know. We well, all we know right now is that um, Violet LeBlanc was Catholic, and she spoke to. Father Kenneth in the 30s, and he was instrumental in helping her, and so Belinda and Grant go to Father Antonio, and he, you know, he's a special sort of priest, so was Father Kenneth. In certain places, there are special priests sent, and I think Alistair should pick it up from there. All right, so we we have been... Um combining our worlds and tying them together. We've created this big universe. Um, we went as far back as, uh, uh, you know, some of Tamara's novels in the 90s, and uh, whether it's our solos or our collaborations, we, we share the same universe. And we've we've cross-pollinated all along the way. Um, you know, we, we feature different characters in different books. For example, um, you know, a couple of characters from Tamara's, you know, 90s novel Candle Bay are featured in my Crimson Cove, Vampires of Crimson Cove series. Um, we do that just to kind of create, we, we love the idea of building this big universe. Well, as we went along, we, we knew they were tied somehow, but uh, we, we were never really exactly sure how uh, they, they, they were all tied together or what it was that was tying them together. And Father Antonio um, what we found is that we, we write a lot of priests. We, we never really knew why, and this is, how, this is kind of the phenomenon of creative writing. You, you do things, and you, you're not really sure why you do it, and then all of a sudden it becomes clear later why you've been doing it that way. And if you trust your instinct, yes, it, 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 it really, yes, it just it really works out well. So we both find that we have written a lot of priests, nice guys, you know, um, we yeah. we we have nothing against mm-hmm. priests, so they're so they're nice guys, and we we, I think there's almost a priest in every single one of our books, and we don't know why, yeah, but that's just like it. it's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then, so then we started questioning this, and it, like at the same time, as Father Antonio, and at the same time that Father Antonio came into existence in Ravencrest, another priest uh, came into existence in my uh, solo uh, series, the, the Vampires of Crimson Cove. We tied them together and then we realized well they're tied to the priest in mother and and the, the priest in our novel mother is tied to the priest anyway on and on it goes and yeah we realized that these priests um are a uh they're a group they all know each other and this is what they do and this is what ties all of our books together this this organization and they're not always priests they don't always have to be catholic priests but there's an organization and you know what i'm going to say the name because we say it in yeah. exorcism it's called obscura nocti yeah it's called obscura nocti and um it's an organization of um uh i guess just uh intellectuals uh, occult intellectuals yep yep who who you know are they're kind of badass to be honest and yeah uh, yeah, they're badasses. They're really, really smart badasses, and they uh, they they tie. They're the they're the foundation on which all our our universe, the Thorn and Cross universe, is is set. Oh wow! I I they, they know everything. Yeah. It, 
Yeah, and it's it's what I find yeah. interesting is we didn't know this. We didn't know this until we're, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know, seven, eight books, you know, collaborations in. And yeah. then we're like, that's what mm-hmm. it is. That's what ties this together. And this is why I'm a big advocate for just trusting your instinct. I mean, yes, you need to know, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just sit down and, and go wild completely. You kind of need to know where you're going with your story. But you, you also need to trust your instincts a lot if, if you, you know, yeah. be, you know, rely really heavily on your instincts because they won't steer you wrong. And it took, you know, like I said, this is like seven or eight novels, you know, collaborations that we're in. Uh, and now we're like, ah, this makes sense. Now I know why we've been yeah. doing this this whole time. Yeah. And uh-huh. it ties into Ravencrest in particular because of Grant. Um, Grant's yes. sister was not just the the uh, butler and, and Eric Manning's friend. He is a knight of the Mandrake. These knights have protected the Mannings for centuries and centuries. They are schooled in the occult and uh it's not a religious thing, though. They they can dabble in everything. In fact, Grant is teaching Belinda because she can see ghosts. But um, we found out that uh, Father Antonio knows what a Knight of the Mandrake is, and we were really surprised because we didn't know he uh, knew, but he does. And But evidently, Grant doesn't know too much about uh, the uh, – why do I – obscure and not big? Yet, and so we're researching that, and it's so much fun. They're coming. They're coming at this. It's sort of experiential differentiation. The priest is coming from one side, and the knight of the mandrake is coming from a completely different kind of discipline. And I just love watching all these people work together with different beliefs and non-beliefs and everything else. And so that really fuels our universe too. So, and in a sense, uh, Cordelia might not be part of that, but she too has this connection yes. or interaction with, with that group. Yeah, and we start to find out even more in, in right. this book. Okay. Yeah, that will be well, continuing. Well, that leads to another question, and that's in each of the novels sort of seamlessly leads into the next. And, you know, it's almost like you just continue to turn the page into the next novel. Do you have an overarching vision for the complete story or does it reveal itself to you as you write? We know the end, which may be years and okay. years and years off. We have no how we have no idea how many stories will come before it. But we 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 know some of the middle. You should answer, Alistair, because I don't remember what to say. <laughs> well, we don't remember what to say. <laughs> no, yeah, we. I made we, that up. Uh, yeah. We have it. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I never know. So, uh, I let him think for no, me. No, that's not true. I'm gaslighting him. Actually, what what she said is exactly right. We we yeah. know what the end is, but we set it up from the beginning so that we could go we could stretch out that end as long as we wanted. So in other words, if we decided for whatever reason we're done, well, we can, we can, we can make that end happen in the next book. Yeah. On the other hand, we can. If uh-huh. we, on the other hand, if we decide, you know what, this, you know, I want to do this first. I want to do this first. I want to do this first. It could be 20 years away and, you know, yeah. Yeah, we can stretch it out as long as we want. But yes, we do know we do know the end. We know exactly where we're going with this one, which is uh, I think the only way to 
to to do a series, especially a series. Yeah. A while back, you did a um, a novella, a historical Christmas novella about Eric's ancestors, about uh, several of them. Mm-hmm. Are you planning anything like that to fill in any backstory of the family for those who are building out the whole, you know, saga? Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure it would be great to know about some of that back history. You know, we well, love doing story. that, and we always yeah. we always kind of start with the intention of doing more of it, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it just doesn't. But I yeah. personally would love would love to do it. it writing historicals is uh, it's it's difficult, but it's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to do more. Yeah, of that it, takes yeah, a long just, time. Yeah, it does. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's, well, we thought it's it was a little more work. Yeah. Yeah, we thought it would mm-hmm. be happen this time, but instead we have a series of flashbacks instead of one big long one. Just the way yeah. the novel uh-huh. constructed itself. And yeah. that's a little easier because you can dip in here and there and find out about, you know, World War One. It is, it is and in stuff. hindsight yeah, and in hindsight I'm glad that we didn't uh stick to, you know, a plan of doing one in every novel because then you'd kinda of be tied to that and sometimes that's hard, you know. Uh, sometimes it's not appropriate. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need to do that. But yeah, I would love to explore, you know, more of these. I think, you know, any of them, you know, are easily, yeah. you know, any of these ghosts are, you know, interesting yeah. enough to 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 have one. Yeah. And that or, one was the uh, first or, book. Yeah, the ghost yeah, that of Ravencrest. Yeah. Belinda was having her first experience encountering ghosts, and it was basically, it was the ghost showed her what happened in her life and we got a big long novella out of it because that's how it worked and uh, it was kind of thrilling we learned all sorts of things we didn't know about Victorian England well it wasn't Victorian it was 1788 yeah the the Thames was frozen it was another situation where the setting was yeah the frost fair it was real too they had frost fairs Mm-hmm. They had a number of them when the Thames froze. It's just fascinating the things they did. Boy, we relished that. Yeah, that was fun. Well, that then, was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hope that at some point in the future we get an, an origin story on Cordelia, but or or Riley. Oh yes. My favorite character, but oh, gosh, I have so many favorite characters. Um, so what's next for Ravencrest? We're well, we're. You're likely to find here. out a lot. Okay, you're likely to find out a whole lot more about Riley in the next uh, book. We started writing number four already, so an episode will probably be out in six weeks or so. Um, you want to tell the name, Alistair? Yeah, we can. We can. Um, it's we. We. Uh, the the title is going to be Shadowlands. Um, is it Shadowlands or Shadowland? I think Shadowlands. I think it's singular. Yeah, Shadowland. Is it singular Shadowland? Okay, Shadowland. Because, I think so. Yeah. Because we're dealing we're dealing with this one. What we want to explore, um, particularly in, with this next one, is the uh, the the uh, light and dark side of human nature. Yeah. I guess is the best way to say and, it. We're, 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 we want to kind of we yeah. kind of want to get into the we've gotten into the darkness of you know the you know the other side and it's like now we kind of want to play with the darkness of just humanity and so we thought Shadowland yeah. was a really appropriate title so that's what we're going with you know and, I mean things can change yeah. but I don't think that one will 
Yeah. And it's it's also the light and dark side of Mother Nature too. We will be doing yep. this with elementals. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, okay. And okay. We'll be out in the Raven Woods a lot this time. Yep. All right. So now we're getting outside. <laughs> okay. Yep. yep. That's that's incredible. I I can't wait to to be able to read it and um I guess we're we're at the end of my time with you so I just want to say thank you so much for letting me ask all these questions that I have about uh, Ravencrest in general and Ravencrest exorcisms so uh, I'll turn it over to you to let people know when and where they can get it all right. Well, uh, the Ravencrest Saga Exorcism is the book in question, and it is book number three in the uh, Ravencrest Saga. Uh, the first two books are the, Ra- uh, the Ghosts of Ravencrest, and book two is The Witches of Ravencrest. Um, they come out uh, in, in installments also uh, every, about every six weeks. You're going to get about uh, 10,000 approximate you know, word count uh, installment uh, in ebook. Uh but the full-length novels are The Ghosts of Ravencrest, The Witches of Ravencrest, and, of course, The Ravencrest Saga Exorcism. It comes out tomorrow in ebook and paperback, and you can and, get it on Amazon or, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, there's hardly any pea soup in it. It's, it's yeah. not like exorcism. <laughs> this is exorcism. We, yeah, we, we, there, when we yeah. sat down to do this, when we sat down to do this, uh, we we liked the idea of of you know uh, you know possession, but I we we really wanted to do something different, so we did. We we took a different route, so there's not a lot of spewing of pea soup and you know uh, girls okay. tied to bed, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Oh, thank that you. Was, it was great. And yes, and thank yeah. you, thank you for being our host, and thank you everybody for listening. Mm-hmm. And until actually later today, but until next week, <laughs> we wish you nights, <laughs> sweet screams, and don't forget to check under the bed before you turn off the light. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.